Hey, it's Markay from the Markay Show. You hear me every weekday morning from 10 a.m. to noon on 104.5 WOKV, Jacksonville's News and Talk. First of all, thanks for listening to the Markay Show podcast. Second, if you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe to the Burrish Daily Discussion podcast and Jacksonville's morning news interviews. And don't forget to head to iTunes and Google Play and leave a review. Thanks for listening. Entertaining. Never been so addicted to a show between 10 and 12. Informative. You call people out no matter what they are, and you hold them accountable. That's the Mark K Show. The first hour of the Mark K Show starts now. 49%. 49%. That is the president's current approval, job approval rating. 49% of Americans approve of the job that President Trump is doing, according to Rasmussen. 50% disapprove, which, when you take in the margin of error of like 3 or 3% plus or minus, means that it's a 50-50 toss-up. Uh, love, hate, Donald Trump this country. 49%. That is exactly the same place that Barack Obama was polling on this date back in 2012, uh, three and a half years into his presidency. And as you remember... As you remember, Barack Obama, Barack Obama, I almost called him Barack Obiden. Which, I thought which, you did just now on the air. Which wouldn't be yeah. bad. Barack Obiden is basically what we're looking at. No, Barack Obama, when he ran for re-election, was not impeached under bogus charges, was not in the midst of a coronavirus, and was not trying to uh, quell the attack on federal lands and monuments and buildings and people nationwide with uh, federal troops. Everything that Barack Obama faced in his first three and a half years was the polar opposite of the troubles that Donald Trump and his presidency have had to endure. The media was on his side constantly. The media was not trying to tear him down on a daily. They were building him up on a daily. They weren't lying and inventing narratives to help make him look bad. They were actually lying and creating things that didn't exist to try to make him look better. And still, Donald Trump is polling at 49% approval, neck and neck with Barack Obama at this same time in his presidency. The Democrats, they have got to be, in their secret meetings, they have got to be so angry, so annoyed, so disgusted. And the only thing they have, the only thing they have to, to, to toss their hopes on, to, to give them a glimmer, a glimmer of peace in their day, is a Joe Biden candidacy. Joe Biden, the single worst candidate to ever run for president in the history of the United States. I mean, when you look at the number of people who have run for political office, there isn't one Democrat. There isn't one Democrat who ran in this campaign who wouldn't make a better president than, than Joe Biden. There isn't one Democrat who ran in this campaign in 2020 and 2019 who wouldn't be a better candidate than Joe Biden. And I include Michael Bloomberg in that. Michael Bloomberg would have been a better candidate and a better president than Joe Biden. Kamala Harris, she would have been a better candidate Okay, well, better candidate than Joe Biden. Pete Buttigieg, Bernie Sanders, they all would have been better candidates than Joe Biden because they can speak extemporaneously. They can string thoughts together. They can have a thought, and by the time it gets to their mouth, it doesn't get all, all garbled and mangled. Like, for example, when Joe Biden was discussing the Chinese word the other day, what's the Chinese word? How the hell should I know? It's some garbledy gook that came out of Joe Biden's mouth during a live interview. Despite a litany of public appeals from many people, including me back in January, not to let American lives and the U.S. economy on the world hang on his confidence, quote, the Chinese word. Well, what even is the man saying? What Hang on his confidence, quote, the Chinese word? Hang on. His confidence, quote, the Chinese word. Anybody would have been a better candidate than Joe. Elizabeth Warren would have made a better candidate than Joe Biden. Anyone would have given the Democrats a run for their, or they're given the Republicans and Donald Trump a run for their money better than Joe Biden. And not only is Joe Biden a terrible candidate, but he's a terrible, horrible, no good, very bad liar. And yesterday, yesterday when he, when he came out of his bunker once again to give a speech uh, a pre-recorded, pre-written, teleprompter-delivered speech of 25.78 minutes or something about his Build Back Better 
program, which I don't even know what that means. I guess he, I guess they couldn't really just steal Make America Great Again. So they're like, all right, how can we steal Make America Great Again, but not, you know, in some other words? How about Build Back Better, which literally sounds like something Joe Biden just mumbled out of his mouth. And they said, perfect, let's throw it up on a step and repeat and call a press conference and tell everyone we're going to, we're going to, Biden's going to build back better. Just a bunch of triple B. And now he's out there talking. At the end of this speech, he said probably the most dishonest thing we've ever heard a politician say. When he was wrapping up, when he got to the end of the teleprompter, when he read the last line of the script, he looked right into the camera and he said this. I look forward to having your questions at another time, but I'm off to another event. Both of those are lies. That's actually two big lies. The first one, I look forward to having your questions at another time. Joe Biden is not looking forward to any questions. Joe Biden cannot answer questions. Joe Biden cannot deliver any kind of coherent thought that isn't pre-planned and premeditated and predetermined by his campaign staff. And even when it's written down in front of him, he sometimes still has trouble delivering that thought. So questions, not something at all that he's looking forward to. That is a massive lie. The second lie is, I've got another event? I look forward to having your questions at another time, but I'm off to another event. There's no way, Joe Biden does not have another event, nor would anyone believe that. He has had, a, I could count on one hand the number of events Joe Biden has had in this uh, campaign so far. Joe Biden barely has any, he came out here and spoke for 25 minutes and you tell me he's got another event? Where was this other event? Where was the video of the other event? Why didn't we hear about the other event? Why wasn't it on his schedule? Why doesn't he have a schedule? Why isn't the media knowing every single minute of the day where Joe Biden plans on campaigning? Because in a typical campaign, that's how it works. You jam every single day with events, a virtual this, a virtual that. You go meet these people, you go talk to those people, you go to this funeral, you go to this school, you deliver this kind of address to this committee in person, and you give away the key to the city, and then you go and shake hands with somebody, and you're collecting checks and people pay $500,000 a plate to eat cheesecake with you. That's how a campaign works. Joe Biden speaks for 25 minutes in the same gymnasium he's been speaking in forever. And then he says, I'm sorry, I'm not going to take any questions. I have another event. Is the other event a nap? Because that's about the only thing I think Joe Biden did yesterday after this press conference. Does he have another uh, exam with his doctor to find out if he's if his brain is degenerating? If he has cognitive problems? Is he getting a sponge bath after this event? What is it that Joe Biden has to do? What was his other event yesterday? There wasn't one. It's a lie. He's avoiding the media. He's avoiding a media at a time when he should be out there answering questions every single day. And any other candidate that the Democrats had a choice of picking would have been able to stand there and answer questions. You know what Joe Biden said yesterday that he didn't answer a single question about? You know what Joe Biden said? His can You know what build back better means? It means raise your taxes. That's what it should. It shouldn't be build back better. It should be raise your taxes. Because the one thing Joe Biden said that everybody needs to know about and that nobody was able to follow up on because, again, there were no questions because he had to run to that other all-important event was that he was going to roll back the $2 trillion in tax. He was going to raise your taxes by $2 trillion. And the way we pay for it is by rolling back unproductive tax cuts. Some of the $2 trillion tax cut the president put through. Yeah, this is after he starts talking about innovation products that we don't want. And, and uh, he starts talking about all of these environmental programs that we don't need and that are a huge waste of money and that are just kowtowing and pandering to the AOC crowd. And he went in to talk about all these other social services, which are going to be too expensive and that we know will fail miserably. And how are we going to pay for all this stuff? Oh, easily. We're going to raise your taxes. Build back better means raise your taxes. This is his campaign platform. Joe Biden is going to not talk, not do events, not answer questions, and tell everybody, we're going to raise your taxes, we're going to defund the police. And that, and no wonder Donald Trump has a 49% approval rating, because people are starting to realize the alternative is, is, is horrible. 855 765-1045. I'll tell you what, if I stood up in front of a camera and said, you know what we're going to do? We're going to raise taxes $2 trillion. 
I wouldn't take any questions either. I'd be like, I know you probably have some questions about this massive tax increase. I, I'm sorry. I have to go nap. Uh, I mean, I have another event. 855-765-1045. All right. It is whatever you want Wednesday. So whatever you want to talk. We do have to talk a little bit about Ted Yoho because the man could be my hero. Uh, we're gonna be. We're, we tried to get him. We tried to get him on the show, but uh, I, that's chalk it up to another, another important newsmaker who ignores our phone calls and invitations. Uh, that's what, yeah, eventually, we're just gonna. We'll get the hint. And we'll just stop inviting people. Uh, but Ted Yoho's raising some uh, some eyebrows in in D.C. for for something he did to or around AOC. We'll tell you that story in just a minute. Uh, also, like I said, your phone calls, your open mic messages on whatever you want Wednesday. Stay tuned. It's the Mark K Show on 104.5 WOKV. Are you at home or sitting at your desk at work? Either way, watch the Mark K Show live on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitch. This is the Mark K Show on 104.5 WOKV, Jacksonville's News and Talk. The Mark K Show. My name is Mark K. Thanks for uh, thanks for joining us today. 855-765-1045 is our number. If you're trying to get through, it is whatever you want Wednesday. Uh, whatever you want to talk about today, we we are going to get into this Ted Yoho thing because, because it's so funny. Also, Ted Yoho released a statement. It's the first time that there's been an official statement from a congressperson's office that I haven't been able to read on the air because of FCC uh, rules and regulations. So that's an interesting turn of events. But we'll get into that here in just a minute. Uh, first, though, <laughs> let's get to the phones and kick off whatever you want Wednesday. Susie's in Middleburg. Hi, Susie. How are you? I'm real good today, Mark. How are you doing? We're really good, too. What do you want to say today, Susie? Well, first off, I'd like to give a shout-out to Peyton McConnell, my uh, grandson in Texas. Oh, yeah? And I want to let him know that it's Trump Day. Hey, look at that. I, hold on. Wait, hold on. Wait a minute. I have a... Bing! Wait, no, no, I got it right here. There you go. Nice. So, yeah, thank you, sir. And congratulations to your to your grandson. Look at this. She's, she's uh, varying it up a little bit. I like that. Keeps us on our toes. 855 765 uh, one zero four five is the number. This is Juan in Indiana. Hi, Juan. How are you? Holy shit! I'm oh. awesome. Did you just, Glad did you just... to be on. Oh yeah, go ahead, Hello? Juan. What? Well, yeah, what do you want to say, sir? I I was just I just wanted to talk about the the coronavirus. How it's you know doesn't seem as deadly as everybody makes it out to be. I took my kids to church a few weeks ago, and twenty to thirty people came down with the virus the next day, and we were. We were tested. We all tested negative. And I was passing my kids around like, you know, hot potatoes to my family members. We were all fine. Yeah. You're a little, you see, you're a little, you're a little kid. You're passing the hot potato kids around. Everyone gets the coronavirus, but everyone yeah. seems okay. Yeah, we're all fine. Yeah. And then I'm my nephew also t had a positive, he tested positive. It was a negative positive. He didn't have it. He had no symptoms. You know, one of the, you know how, how folks are, you know, testing and they're getting positive results. Right. They really don't have the virus. Yeah. That's what happened to him too. Uh, what's so worse? What's worse, testing positive when you you're negative, or testing negative when you're positive? Oh, I would say negative when you're positive. See, if, I if would you don't say, know if you have it. Yeah. That's kind of dangerous. No, that is for, that, that is these, probably true. They've, they've got all these mandates all over the place now. Yeah. My fiance's got asthma. She can't wear a mask. Yeah. So Juan, how are you now? Are you are you have you tested again? Are you are you still positive or are you over it? Um, no, 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 no. We we never did test positive. We're, we're all negative. Oh, okay, good. All right. Congratulations. You know, and that's the thing. I think probably probably one of the probably one of the most eye-opening experiences a person can have is when they get the coronavirus and they realize it's not going to kill them. One of the when you get the coronavirus, after all, especially now, in the beginning it was scary because there was a lot of stuff. We didn't know what was happening. When I got it back in January, we didn't even know it was a thing. We just they told me upper respiratory infection. So because I had coronavirus before, it was cool. But now you get the coronavirus 
And after everything you've read in the media and after everything you've heard about in the New York Times and after everything that Dr. Fauci tells you and everything the media tries to, you know, when you see Doc, Donald Trump has failed and he's killed all these Americans and all these things that you hear, if you, the biggest eye-opening experience, I think, is when you get the coronavirus, you cough, you sneeze, you have a temperature, you feel bad for a day or two, and then you go back to normal. And I think most people think, wait a minute, I thought, I thought, I, I thought I was supposed to die. I thought I was at least supposed to be in the hospital on a ventilator. I thought, why this isn't this isn't nearly as bad as they say. That I think is probably one of the most eye-opening experiences uh, a person can have in this day and age. 855-765-1045 is our number. 855-765-1045. Listen, we got to take a quick break. We'll get into Ted Yoho here in just a minute. Uh, we oh, we got a bunch more people super chat, and we're gonna Grandma and Sarah Turnbell. 39 people in my city received the vaccine, 19 new COVID. Wow, look at this. We have a bunch of information we got to get to. We're going to get to all of it. You can drop us an open mic message. You can pick up the phone and call 855-765-1045. Do whatever you want. It's whatever you want Wednesday. And it continues next on 104.5 WOKV. Entertaining. Never been so addicted to a show between 10 and 12. Informative. You call people out no matter what they are, and you hold them accountable. That's the Mark K Show. This is the Mark K Show. This is the Mark K Show. It's whatever you want Wednesday. We're getting some open mic messages. It's National Hot Dog Day. Yeah, see, so like I told you, whatever, whatever you want. Why would today be National Hot Dog Day? It should be July Fourth because that's when they have the National the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Championship. Yep. Which, by the way, did you watch that this I year? I did not. Oh, but I know they broke records because they were indoors this year, right? They were indoors. They both were like, and the the, uh, the woman, I forget her name, but man, holy cow, she's a beast. She broke a record, and then Joey Chestnut broke his record, and both of them were like, it's going to be weird being indoors without a crowd, and then obviously the crowd was distracting right? because he was, he plowed down like 50 hot dogs. In no, 73. 73. Yeah. She almost got to 50. She got to like 48. Crazy. It was. I thought 48 was crazy, and then he comes in with like 73 hot dogs. How long do you think it takes Joey Chestnut to eat his next hot dog? What do you After mean? July fourth. Oh, is it like next July fourth? I probably so. I, yeah. I'd be done for hot dogs for a few weeks at least. After that, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, he doesn't have. No one brings him hot dogs unless it's like a sick prank. Sick <laughs> prank. Eight five five seven six five one zero four five. It is whatever you want Wednesday today, and we have a ton of people online. We're just gonna jump right back to the phones. Eight five five seven six five one zero four five. Ron's in Montana. Hi, Ron. How are you? I'm doing good, Mark. How are you today? Uh, good. Big Sky Country is what they call that. They do. Yes, yeah. they do. Oh, that's good. I'm looking at it right now. It's beautiful out here. Yeah, you got a big sky up there. All right, what did you want to say, Ron? Hey, I'm sorry. I'm a little nervous. This is my first time ever calling into a radio show. Oh, okay. And uh, so I um, today I kind of watched uh, Trump and on his uh, his uh, the thing he had this morning, and I watch Kaylee McEnany all the time. Just yeah. love her. She's great. Oh, everybody loves her. Um, Yep, and I'm, I'm just kind of I'm seeing what the what the press is doing, how they're uh, they're trying to do the gotcha questions and they're lying um, and doing all this stuff. And and I understand the First Amendment right, and I and I applaud it, a First Amendment right. However, how do these journalists, how do their how does the corporation that they work for, how does it get away with all this stuff? How come they aren't being held accountable for their for the people? Be, the, how do you mean the corporations that own these media broadcast companies? How come they're not being held accountable for what? For the tabloid journalism? Yeah, for the yeah, yeah. for the, the the really poor journalism that's going on, and, and the absolute lies. I yeah. mean, a lot of these are really absolute lies. I'll tell you what, Ron, and this is that's a gr first of all, great job on your first time on a radio. You did, you killed it. Second of all, really great question, and something that people don't really realize is that lying is not illegal. Lying is not against the law. If you're a newspaper, you can lie. If you're a reporter, you can lie. You can make up facts and figures and things like that. You can get sued by somebody if you lie about them. There are laws against libel and slander and things like that. But that's not that's not something that you're going to end up in jail for. You're just going to end up in civil court and you're going to have to end up writing a check. And what people don't realize is that a lot of organizations, in fact, any responsible journalistic organization or media organization has a budget, a line item for settlements, lawsuits, 
legal. It's one of the largest. I mean, people, the two biggest, I'll tell you, the two biggest line items in any media company are talent salaries, which most of, most of which are inflated, except for mine, and uh, legal. Those are your two biggest line items because you pay the talent a lot of money to go out there and make these false claims and ask these ridiculous questions and pretend to be real journalists when really they're just digging for information and, and making up stuff that doesn't exist. You pay people a lot of money to go out and make a name for them. Don Lemon, Chris Cuomo, they're making millions. CNN's Anderson Cooper, millions of dollars lying to the American people. Then every now, you know, every once in a while, someone's going to take uh, take umbrage with that and say, you made something up about me. You lied about me. You discredited me. And none of it was true. I'm going to sue you. So you settle out of court, you pay the lawyers. And that's why those are the two biggest line items. But it's not against the law to lie. You can lie. Every, every word out of your mouth could be a falsehood. You will never go to jail. You could be you could be on television saying whatever you want on cable news, and it doesn't matter. You're not going to lose your license because cable news isn't licensed. And half the time, they're just streaming on the Internet anyway. And if you go and lie on Twitter, not only are you not going to get in trouble, they're, the algorithm's probably going to pick up your tweet and promote it to more people because the only tweets that they that they censor and take down and the only accounts that they that they delete are the accounts of people who are actually telling the truth. But lying's not against the law. It's not. Is it unethical? Absolutely. Is it against some unwritten journalistic code of ethics? Probably. I never took a journalism course. As many as many people who listen to this show go, oh, no, really? Yeah, really. Uh, but I mean, but that's the thing. And, and I think people, they are often surprised when you hear that. And cable news, the reason that Chris Cuomo can go on cable news and yell BS is because it's cable news. It's not licensed. It's not, you know, uh, it's not licensed by the FCC. It's not owned by the by the people of the United States of America. It's a cable network. You know, it's like satellite radio. You go on satellite radio, people can cuss and yell and say whatever they want. Joe Rogan's podcast, he can smoke weed with Elon Musk in a studio, put it on on YouTube. It doesn't matter. It's not. It's just, it's a privately held company. So that's one of the that's one of the big problems. Now the issue we have is that all news media outlets are degenerating into tabloid journalism. And I remember, this is how old I am, I remember when tabloid journalism used to just be the National Enquirer. You know, you would go to you would go to the the checkout, whatever, and you'd be and you'd be checking out, and it was great. I'd go with my parents; they'd be shopping, and we'd get to the checkout line, and there'd be candy on one side, and then I would read the headlines on the National Enquirer about like you know Bat Boy marries celebrity, whatever. Or the, I mean, it was crazy. There were aliens take over Michael Jackson's mind, force him to to dye his skin white, whatever. I mean, it was crazy headlines, stuff that you knew couldn't be true, but it was right there. On the newspaper, people were buying it up, and everyone said, oh, those are just tabloids. You can't believe them. They're the tabloids. But nowadays, every single newspaper almost, every single cable news show almost is tabloid. They are all doing exactly what the National Enquirer did, and they have to. They have to be tabloid or else they're going to go out of business because, quite frankly, People, you know, you can get the news. You can watch Donald Trump. You can go on Donald Trump's Twitter. You can see, as you just said, the president speaking anywhere you want. You can see it on, on, on Facebook. You can see it wherever. And you can make up your own mind. You know, when the president has a thought, he tweets it out there. You can read that, and you can take that thought for for whatever it means. You can you can think, oh, well, the president's, uh, president's just race baiting. Or you can say, oh, the president has a good point. Or, oh, the president's stoking violence and hatred. Or, or, you know what, the president is keeping law and order. You can get the news directly from the source. There's no other middleman. And that's one of the reasons that the media hates Donald Trump so much, is that he basically, he made them irrelevant. He's the only leader of the free world who has 24-7 access to his constituency, to the American people, and uses it, and uses it via Twitter. 855-765-1045. But, you know, there's the only person who's going to stop the media from being tabloid is the person that files a lawsuit. A real lawsuit, not a frivolous lawsuit like that woman who's suing Tucker Carlson and uh, and Sean Hannity. Oh, we got it. We should probably talk about that. Uh, we because that's that's one of the most that's one of the most ridiculous things I've ever heard in my entire life. Quick break. We got more of your phone calls coming up. Stay tuned. This is the Mark K Show. It's whatever you want Wednesday on one hundred four point five WOKV. 
Join the conversation. Send Mark an open mic using the WOKV app, and he'll play it on the show. Or not. Either way. Send one in. This is the Mark K Show on 104.5 WOKV, Jacksonville's News and Talk. My name is Mark K. Thanks so much for joining us today, folks. We appreciate it. So, Ted Yoho, uh, Ted Yoho, Congressman Ted Yoho, who I guess you know what? Here's the thing: he's he's on his last leg. He's he's not re- running uh, for re-election. He he made a promise to serve eight years, and he, then he was out. Um, so that's it for him. But he he's going out with a bang. I don't know if you heard this story. Apparently, as the Hill reports, uh, Ted Yoho was uh, walking out of the Capitol building and AOC was there and they got into some kind of they got into some kind of verbal altercation and Ted Yoho according to the Hill called her some kind of horrible sexual slur and uh he said that never happened um he did I believe he did say that he mumbled under his breath that's BS which is great but uh but apparently what what they're saying in the Hill happened never happened and Ted Yoho's is like look I can't apologize for it he did say you're out of your freaking mind about one of her policies regarding crime and uh, crime and poverty in New York City. She yelled back that he was rude. The two parted ways. Um, apparently, somebody heard him mumble, mumble, under, mumble under his breath, quote, effing B word, to which he denies every uh, account about that. In fact, he spoke to News 4 Jacks here in Jacksonville earlier today. And here's what uh, here's what he said. It was the word BS. I said it was a bunch of BS policy. Okay, so he admits he said it was a bunch of BS right there on the on the steps of the Capitol, which I'm going to be honest with you, probably it was. It was Alexandria Ocasio Cortez for crying out loud. The the uh, the architect of the Green New Deal, where we tear down every building in the United States and rebuild it to an energy um, efficient code, where we get rid of air travel and just travel, you know, to Europe on trains and things like that. So probably it was BS, and and uh, when they got into it on the steps, he muddled that, mumbled that under his breath, and somebody overheard him. And there was two reporters, like I said, at the base of the steps, and I was 25, 30 feet away. My back was to them. And so they said, well, can you tell us what your uh, conversation was? I said, no comment. Then they asked me something else. I said, no comment. And I walked away and thought it would be done. It was interesting because I think she has reported that I accosted her twice. I did not. We had another vote series. We happened to cross paths again, and she went past me, and uh, I didn't say a word until she said something. And she yelled out my name, and I turned around and said, yeah, and she goes, we're not done with this. I'm not done with you. And so, I mean, yeah, could I have handled it better? Yeah, as a mature 65-year-old man, I probably should have set up a meeting. Yeah, I probably should have set up a meeting. because. But So so basically what's happening is they disagreed on policy initiatives. Uh, they were walking by each other, and according to Ted Yoho, she yells out, Yoho! And he turns around, and she goes, I'm not done with you yet. And he goes, oh, yeah, blah, blah, blah. And then as they turn to walk away, he mumbles BS under his breath. And uh, the Hill reporter says that he said something totally different, which uh, he claims he did. I met, I met Ted Yoho. I interviewed him at uh, four years ago when we were at the Republican National Co- uh, Convention. I interviewed him in Cleveland. And, you know, I, it sh- this story shocked me because he was very gracious when I saw him. I said, hey, you see, Congressman Yoho, can I get a couple of can I get a couple uh, minutes with you? He goes, yeah, douchebag. What's up? <laughs> I'm like, I go, no, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. That didn't happen. I'm just kidding. He was very he was very cordial. It was very nice. Uh, but he, again, he's on his way out. He's it, here's the thing about Ted Yoho that I think is we need more of in politics. Ted Yoho, for those of you that don't know, uh, he he put a self-imposed term limit on his congressional um, career. He he said, I'm going to run four times, eight years. I'm going to give you the best eight years of my life. But it's not healthy for the country. It's not healthy for the Congress. It's not healthy for anybody to make a career out of politics. Politicians should serve a certain amount and then move on. And Ted Yoho, a man of his word, when in this day and age, this election, when we really need 
more conservatives in the House of Representatives when we really need every conservative voice we can have in Washington, when we need to maintain a, a strong power uh, center and base of conservative politicians to help Donald Trump, A, get reelected, and then B, really, really get his agenda going in the second term. When we need that most of all, Ted Yoho is, is strong enough to stand up there and say, look, I made a promise. I'm not I'm not breaking my promise to the voters. That would make me just as bad as the rest of them. Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer and AOC. So, well, there's going to be more. I mean, apparently he's going to say something on the house of the um on the house floor tomorrow or the next day. So, we'll uh, we'll follow that along too. But just know, I mean, that's the kind of guy Ted Yoho, he's definitely a man of his word. And look, you got we've all heard AOC talk. We've heard the things she's I'm sure most people walk away from her mumbling what a bunch of BS that was underneath their breath. I'm pretty sure I would. 855-765-1045 is our number. This is Henry in St. Augustine. Hi, Henry. How are you? Thanks so much for calling the Mark K Show. Hey, Mark. How are you doing? Oh, doing really well. What do you want to say, sir? Well, I'll see if I can make it succinct. Um, first off, uh, myself, my wife, and my son, we've all had tested positive for COVID. My wife and I were, were sick for about a, a week. Okay. Um, and we're, we're fine. We're in our mid-50s. And uh, we got it from a, a friend of ours who is a first responder. We know we got it from him because we were keeping ourselves fairly well isolated. Sure. And anyway, uh, he called me the other day. He has had six subsequent tests uh, because he's required to get two negatives before he can return to work. Mm -hmm. And the other day, he was up at Mayo in Jackson. He uh, got a test, and he asked the nurse. He said, um, he says, well, I've had all these uh, repeat positive tests. He said, what do you do with that information? Where, how are you categorizing it? She said, well, if it's a positive, it's a positive. He said, no, I get that. He said, but what, what column are you putting that into? We've had this explosion of all these new cases in Florida. She said, well, you know, that's a good question. I don't really know. Let me, let me ask my supervisor. So she returns, and she says, the supervisor says that each of his subsequent positive retests have been listed as a new positive case in Florida. Isn't that amazing? So, yeah. And so I'm telling you this because you're an influential me member of the media. And, and I mean, you know, I'm, I'm taking him at his word. I know he's telling me the truth. Yeah. And so if this, if this nurse is telling him the truth, uh, this needs to be reported because um, we've had this explosion of cases. I've been keeping track of the yeah. numbers in Duval County, St. John's County, and Bay County, because those were the three counties that opened their beaches first. Sure. Yeah, Henry, while listen. we have had... Yeah, no, but, listen, I, we, we have to take a quick break. Henry, I, you had me up, and I believed every word of what you said until you called me an influential member of the media. But, no, you're right about that, and that's something that I've heard from several people. Every time you take a test, if your boss says you can't come back to work until you test negative, so you take three tests and they're all positive, that counts as three cases. The positive readings that you're seeing that the New York Times blasts everywhere and that they attack Donald Trump with, those are positive testing results, not necessarily new individual cases. 855-765-1045. Henry, thanks for the call, and we're glad that you're uh, we're glad that you're feeling better and that you and your wife got through it okay. I wouldn't hang out with that first responder friend anymore, though, no, no matter what. I'd call him a former friend if I were you. 855-765-1045 is our number. Quick break. More of the Mark Show is on the way. Stay tuned to 104.5 WOKV. Entertaining. Never been so addicted to a show between 10 and 12. Informative. You call people out no matter what they are, and you hold them accountable. That's the Mark K Show. This is the Mark K Show. These cities experiencing violence need to be left alone. They voted these people in. They should have to deal with it. When it comes time to vote again, vote them out and do what you need to do. By the way, Donald Trump will be uh, coming on live soon to um, uh, talk about a new executive order responding to violence <laughs> in, in U.S. cities. So, look, you, you can it's, it's a slippery slope. You can leave these cities alone and you can let them deal with it. But they're also American cities and a lot of people in those cities don't want the violence. A lot of people in those cities don't want the protests. A lot of people in those cities do want their statues. They don't want graffiti. They do want their businesses protected. And if the local government won't do it, the federal government has an opportunity and really a responsibility to do it, too, because, yes, Portland is a city in Oregon, but it's also a city in the United States of America. 
And uh, the president has every right and also the responsibility to go in and make sure that the people there, the citizens there, are safe. I want to talk about, speaking of safety, the coronavirus here in just a minute and something Nancy Pelosi said. But first, Robert is calling in from Iowa with a question. Hi, Robert. How are you? Oh, I'm okay. Oh, okay, good. What's going on, Robert? What's it like being a radio announcer? You're asking me what it's like to be a radio announcer? Yeah. I mean, it's great. It's like it's, it's, it beats real work, that's for sure. What? <laughs> I know it beats real work. Hey, never mind. Hey, thanks so much. Thanks so much. Uh, for call. All right. So Nancy, let's talk about coronavirus because yesterday Donald Trump had a uh, he brought back the coronavirus task force. And one of the clips that he said in his big coronavirus task force meeting yesterday um, and made a lot of waves with the media. Of course, you knew that they were going to pick up on this one and just play it ad nauseum. And they did. It will probably, unfortunately, get worse before it gets better. It will probably, unfortunately, get worse before it gets better. And of course, Nancy Pelosi took an opportunity to jump in front of the CNN camera with Wolf Blitzer and talk about this very comment and talk about how, well, thankfully, Donald Trump is finally taking it seriously, but it's too late. And she coined a new phrase, which I guess she thought was very clever. It is a pandemic that has gotten worse before it will get better because of his inaction. And in fact, clearly, it is the Trump virus. The Trump virus. Nancy Pelosi has now heralded this the Trump virus, which I think she thinks is some kind of insult. I think she thinks it's going to print with people as something bad. Uh, you know, like if we'd called it the Pelosi plague, for example, which basically is homelessness in San Francisco. Because if you go to San Francisco and you see the drug addicted homeless people that have taken over the city and are defecating in stores and at, and at, at bus stops and just the, the horrendous, the horrendous sight that San Francisco, a once beautiful and really amazing tourist attraction um, has become, you know, you'll see evidence of the Pelosi plague. But she wants the coronavirus to be to be heralded as the Trump virus. And, you know, I don't, I don't see that as a bad thing. This virus was supposed to kill, as we point out, 2.5 million people. That was the projection. 2.5 million people were projected to die in the United States. That's just in this country. In this country, 2.5 million Americans were supposed to succumb to the coronavirus back in March. And Donald Trump got on television and said, look, I closed down the border with China. We don't let flights come in from China. I haven't done it since February when we got wind of this. I'm telling everybody to stay home and social distance. We're working with the, Dr. Fauci is going to come out here right now and tell you what to do. Don't go to school. Don't go to work. Stay at home. Every single day, he had two, three, four-hour meetings and press conferences with his entire staff, with the task force, getting the information out there. And in the end, we're at 140,000 deaths from a projected 2.5 million. So the Trump virus, as Nancy Pelosi calls it, which was supposed to kill 2.5 million people, only, and I know this sounds callous to say, but only killed 140,000. And the death toll or the deadliness of this virus, as the cases continue to climb, the deadliness of this virus continues to plummet because there are fewer and fewer deaths compared to the number of cases. But the biggest news... The biggest news that we're hearing today is about the vaccine. The U.S. agrees to pay Pfizer and BioNTech $2 billion for 100 million doses. 100 million doses of coronavirus vaccine. That's enough for one-third of the U.S. population to take. Under the agreement, the U.S. gets 100 million doses of the, of the vaccine. If it works, it can acquire 500 million additional doses if needed. This will all begin. This will be for free, by the way. This is going to be for free. You're going to be able to get this vaccine for free under this agreement. Under the agreement, the U.S. can acquire the 500 million additional doses. After this, the Department of Health and Human Services uh, has worked with Pfizer and Germany-based BioNTech to develop four potential vaccines. They go into testing with 30,000 people later this month, and with FDA approval, they will begin to roll this out. This is huge news. This is huge news. It means that the Trump virus is soon going to have a vaccine. It's soon going to have a vaccine that is being administered to a third of the population from the get-go for free. 
and they are fast tracking that. It's called Operation Warp Speed. Operation Warp Speed is the president's plan to create and distribute a free virus vaccine that will cure and keep the spread of the coronavirus, or as Nancy Pelosi likes to call it, the Trump virus. The Trump virus. Well, if it's the Trump virus, then clearly this is also going to be the Trump vaccine. Because if you, if you get you don't if you get a flu shot, it's to fight the flu. If you get a Trump vaccine, it's to cure the Trump virus. I'll tell you what, this could be the best gift that Nancy Pelosi has ever given to Donald Trump because he should starting today. He should starting today say, "Okay, you're right. If this is the Trump virus, I'm now offering a Trump vaccine. And when 100 million people get this free vaccine, and when we start to see the death toll just plummet to zero, and when we start to see this virus in the United States of America and all across Europe and all across Asia start to just disappear and no longer become a threat to anybody, when we start to see our schools reopen to full capacity, and when we start to be able to go uh, back to the nursing homes to visit our loved ones, and when we can go to Disney World, and when we can stop wearing masks and stop socially distancing, and when the economy recovers to the tune of, of, of billions and billions of dollars of economic growth, and hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of new jobs or jobs returning to the marketplace because of the Trump vaccine, when all of that happens, Donald Trump will cruise back into victory in November. Because what's better than a Trump vaccine that saves lives, saves, saves financial livelihoods, and really saves the United States of America, if not the world? Nancy Pelosi, she could be a genius. Probably not, though. 855-765-104. We got to take another quick break. We got some more of your phone calls coming up here in just a minute. Stay tuned. This is the Mark K Show on 104.5 WOKV. It's whatever you want Wednesday. Give Mark a call and talk about, well, whatever you want. 855-765-1045. This is the Mark K Show on 104.5 WOKV, Jacksonville's News and Talk. Hang on, I'll be, I was scrolling Instagram and uh, I came across an ad for a limited edition Trump train. <laughs> so I'm trying to, I'm trying to pre-order it before. Limited stock available. Limited stock available. Anyway, we'll, uh, I'll get back to that. You know, we'll get back to the show and we'll order the, uh, during the news, we'll go back and finish our order for it. We're going to set it up right here in the studio. We have a huge, we have this great big table in the back which was, I guess, Rich Jones wanted it to be a round table for round table discussions and whatnot. And it's not even round. It's like, it's kind of like, well, I won't tell you what it's shaped like, but it, it's shaped <laughs> it's just, like an amoeba. If you're watching, you can see what our table is shaped like. But there's no microphones or computers or anything on it, so we really just use it for nothing. It's going to be the perfect place to put the Trump train. It was going to be our ping pong table. That's right, A it long was. time ago, yeah. Whatever happened to that? I don't know. It kind of just uh, went away. Do you think we have room for the ping pong table and the Trump train? I don't see why not. I think we can make it work. I think we can make it work. We can make the studio great again. 855-765-1045 is our number. 855-765-1045. Terry is in Indiana. has been waiting very patiently on whatever you want Wednesday. Hi, Terry. How are you? Hey, I'm doing pretty good, Mark. Thanks for taking my call. Absolutely, Terry. What do you want to say? Well, I, uh, I'm i an over-the-road truck driver, and I listen to stations all across the country, both left and right, you know, just to kind of keep up with things. And uh, the numbers on this virus do seem to be off the hook. And I kind of feel like that uh, part of the reason for the left side to keep the numbers high the way they want is I, I truly believe it's easier to brainwash children on the internet and on a computer screen than it is with a teacher in a class and I think there might be something to that. You think that the reason that the numbers are so high is they want to brainwash children on the computer screen instead of in the classroom? Well I think it's easier to do so. Huh. So I think to to keep their narrative in check 
I think it's easier to do that on the computer than it is in the classroom. That's interesting. I'm going to be. And, I'm going to. Yeah, I'm going to put you on hold one second because it seems like you're you're in your truck right now. I can tell. I would find. You know, I found the opposite to be true because when my kids learn at home, or when they were forced to learn at home, they learned at a much faster pace, and I was I was there with them. I could see what they were doing. I could I could hear what the teacher was saying. Uh, you know, and I and it, when they're in school, you don't know. You don't find out till it's too late. That's the problem. That's what most parents don't realize. When you send your kid to school and they're learning stuff, you're not going to know everything that they're learning. And when they come home, sometimes they may you may never know what they've been taught, uh, what fallacies or incorrect theories they're being taught, how much weight is given to one theory that may be super liberal over another that may actually have more scientific fact. Um, you know, the, the, the bias of the teacher absolutely 100% factors into their work. There's no way that it, it can't. Nobody can keep their bias in check 24-7. Uh, um, and so I, I feel like if you're, if you send your child away to school and you bring it back at the end of the day, you're, you're pretty much clueless. You may think you know what they know, but you don't have a clue when they're at home and they're learning on the computer. Uh, it's a lot easier for you to monitor what the teacher's saying to involve yourself in their courses and to put your children's lessons in check and say, that may not actually be the right. Answer. One of the most valuable things you can teach your kids is that teachers are not infallible. Not to say they shouldn't be respected, not to say that they don't know a lot more than most of us, but they are not infallible. They make mistakes. Lessons and books make mistakes. Sometimes they will inject an opinion into a lesson, and because it's coming from a teacher, your child misinterprets it as a fact. But uh, I would much rather my I would much rather have a uh, handle on what my kids are learning in school than than send them away and not know. Now, that being said, I can't wait for my kids to go back to school. I also think that the Democrats, it's weird to me because for that, I mean, you could be right. For that reason, I always thought they would want the kids to go back in school. I thought they would want the kids back in school so they could continue to to, to brainwash them and teach them what they wanted to teach them. But uh, there, you know, there must be some other there must be some other reason for it. Hey, thanks so much for calling. Uh, we really, uh, we really do appreciate it. This is John in Mandarin. Hi, John. How are you? Good, Mark. Uh, I want to talk about schools not reopening on purpose. Okay. They never, they never intended to open up the schools. When they shut them down back last spring, people got to understand that the teachers' union have um, a large part in deciding whether or not the schools are going to open. And what they're going to tell us is they're going to want hazard duty pay. They're going to want extra training, extra pay to physically show up in the classroom. So tomorrow they're going to do a little vote, the board is, and they're going to recommend uh, a delay uh, opening the schools. Um, Brick-and-mortar schools for the middle and high school kids won't start until September 17th. And what will happen immediately is elementary schools are uh, supposed to open up, but those teachers are going to say it's not fair that they have to show up and the other teachers don't. And they're going to say we're going to do virtual schools only until we get additional pay and benefits. Hmm. Uh, I do know that St. John's County, that's an interesting point. I, I do know St. John's County pushed back their opening day by three weeks, and that's going to that's gonna cause probably a domino effect. I don't know if that's going to help, but uh, look, teachers unions are always and have always been, look, unions in general have always and, always and have and will always be an issue when it comes to getting the best out of people and getting what they what the union thinks is best for their their members. Uh, it's a slippery slope. And and yes, the the teachers unions, just like every other union, just like broadcasters unions, they are in it for their members. They want they're really they're they're in it for themselves. They want as much money as they can. They need to make sure that they are earning their keep. You know, you're paying union dues, you're paying into the system. And you've got to you've got to figure out they, what are they doing with all this money? They've got to act like they're doing something to justify the cost. And maybe that's, you know, maybe that's one of the reasons. But sure, there's a lot of different moving parts at play. I don't think they didn't ever want the kids to go back to school. You know, kids have to go back to school and the schools are valuable to the uh, to the government. The schools are valuable, like we talked about, to the indoctrination process. So we'll see what happens with it. Anyway, we got to take another quick break. 855-765-1045. Stay tuned. The Mark Show continues next. Entertaining. Never been so addicted to a show between 10 and 12. Informative. You call people out no matter what they are, and you hold them accountable. That's the Mark K Show. This is the Mark K Show.
Hey, I'm one of the few that probably are celebrating the end of the $600 free money. Time for all you deadbeats that are staying at home and making more money on unemployment to go back to work. There you go, Bill calling each other out, you deadbeat. Get up, get up and go back to work. Stop living it. Stop living on the unemployment. 855-765-1045 is our number. 855-765-1045. Uh, 1045 and it is whatever you want Wednesday today we've got uh, Charles in Washington State hi Charles how are you thanks for calling the Mark K show thank you it's interesting to be on first time I've ever called in a show oh wow well, we have have one quick... yeah go ahead I have one little quick question I keep seeing the flap about them taking away McCluskey's guns because they pointed in them that poor little protesters something they're not pointing out is all of the protesters have hands and feet so, therefore, they are all armed. In 2017, there were 692 people killed with hands and feet in the U.S. In 2018, there were 672 people killed with hands and feet. Huh. So all of the protesters were armed. Huh. I, how many people were killed with hands and feet? 692 and 672. I just huh. Googled it and looked up what the what the fbi reports were that's amazing charles thank you so much for doing that reads that's amazing yeah i mean hands i know i know some people literally have to have to register their hands as a as a lethal weapon with some i'm not one of them but uh i mean look here's the thing police you don't know if somebody's armed or not at least here in florida because everyone you know there's no open carry it's all concealed carry so if you're walking down the street you could have a gun in fact one out of every two people in florida has guns so if I saw a bunch of protesters walking down my street, I would know that half of them, according to these statistics, are armed. And they, you just can't see it. Uh, yeah, the, the whole thing with the McCluskeys, this is, this is one of those cases. And I hope we all calm down. And maybe it's just maybe after the election, it'll all, it'll all simmer down. But basically what happens is you've got different factions at play. In St. Louis, you've got a lot of local leaders who are Democrats. You've got a lot of state leaders who are Republicans. And locally, the authorities uh, searched the McCluskey's house. They, they sieged or uh, seized their guns, rather, and then they, uh, they pressed charges. And then you've got the state DA saying, well, we're going to drop these charges because it's ridiculous. And then you've got the governor saying if they're charged with any crime, any felony, it will be commuted. It will be pardoned. Uh, because the whole thing, it, they did nothing but, you know, exercise their Second Amendment rights to protect themselves with legally owned handguns and and uh, rifles. So yeah, but that's a that's a great point too. Anyone anyone who has hands and 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 feet could potentially kill you. Eight five five seven six five one zero four five. Christian, Christian, you there in Michigan? How you doing, Christian? Mark, how you doing? I love your show. Just got to tell you, big fan. Oh, thanks, Christian. Uh, I, want, I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I want to really talk about, you know, what's going on in Michigan right now. And, and I guess Home Depot now is uh, we're going to be required to wear masks. Yeah. And I wanted your opinion on that. And, you know, I, I think it's I believe it's against my right. I mean, I feel I feel I should be able to walk around in public without a mask or with a mask, whatever I choose to do. But Governor Whitmore thinks, you know other otherwise yeah so i just want to know your opinion on the situation well i mean home depot's not public you know home depot's private uh, home depot's privately owned it's privately owned property uh, you don't want to wear a mask you don't go there you go to lowe's oh wait except they have a mask order too so i guess you stay home and, and use amazon uh, i mean that's the thing if you own a business you can you can dictate or mandate whatever you want as long as it's not you know illegal uh, for example, here at the uh, at, at our broadcasting complex, they have a mask order in place when walking through the hallways. So here in the studio, I don't have to wear a mask. But if I need to run down the uh, run down the hall to get something off the printer, I've got to mask up. If I have to go to the bathroom during break, I've got to mask up. You know, because and uh, there's all these when you walk through the halls, anyone you see is wearing a mask. The irony is there's so few people here that I see more people in the studio than I do. I never see anybody. I'm walking alone in the hallway, fully masked, and then I walk into a room with Hannah and Josh and Jeremy Ratliff, and we all take our masks off and start breathing on each other. So, you know, this, the real sense of it doesn't really make sense in a lot of places, but um, but for the most part, people people are, you know, I, I, it's just a way for them to to pretend like they're making a difference or feel like they're making a difference. You should always wear a mask in public if you feel that you, it makes you safer. You know, you should wear a mask in public if you feel you're immunocompromised or if you're nervous or you're not able to social distance. Uh, you know, if you're a business owner, 
you can require a mat. Just like, you know, there's signs everywhere that say no shoes, no shirt, no problems. No, wait, that's a Kenny Chesney song. No shoes, no shirt, no service is what it is, right? You know, and that's the same thing. You can require somebody to wear shoes in your business. You can require somebody to wear a shirt when they come in to your restaurant. You can require them to have a mask. You know, there's nothing there's nothing wrong about that as long as it's not public property. If it's private property, I mean, all bets are off. 855-765-1045. But thanks so much for the call. We uh, we really appreciate it. This is Vicki in Texas. How you doing, Vicki? I'm good. How are you? Oh, doing really well. What do you want to say, Vicki? Um, I was watching, I watched several different videos from different uh, people that put them out. And one of them, uh, he showed a clip from, I believe the last name was either Tucker or Turner. He's a reporter for the right. And the New York Times has tracked him down and posted his address for these militant groups to come to his home. They threatened his wife. She ended up calling the police while hiding in a closet, which forced him to move because he had four children. Yeah. And then uh, they tracked him down again. Yeah. And uh, I was wondering if you feel that threat. I mean, do you feel like, you know, with with your broadcast and, and everything, do you feel threatened that you might become a victim of this? Well, I didn't until you brought it up, Vicky. Thanks a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and one more question, Mark. Where do you live? No, I, don't, I, live, uh, I live in Mandarin. Uh, track me down in Mandarin. Uh, no, you're, it's Tucker Carlson is who you're talking about. Tucker Carlson from Fox News. Luckily, I'm nowhere near the fame, fortune, notoriety, and uh, just overall hatred that Tucker Carlson has, uh, has accomplished in his lifetime. But Tucker Carlson, he did already. Um, he was forced to move once already. And what happened was the New York Times was doing a story on him and arbitrarily was going to include his new home address or his new home, which he, he pointed out had absolutely nothing to do with the story. And the only thing that would happen to him and his family would be that crazy liberals who hated him and disagreed with him would find out where he lived, stalk him at his home, come and, and rally in his front yard, do whatever it is that they did the last time. He was afraid for his wife and his children, so he did what any responsible parent and husband would do. He called the New York Times and said, don't do this. You have no reason to publish this story. It has nothing to do journalistically with what you're doing. You could publish the story without publishing my home address or photos of my home or letting people know where I live. None of this is within your, your, your journalistic right, and it has nothing to do. It's not news. And the New York Times replied saying, we have no, you know, we have no plans right now to change or alter the story. So now here's the fun, here's the fun epilogue to this. Tucker Carlson went on television and shared this story with his audience. His audience found out the name of the reporter who wrote the story for the New York Times, found out where they lived, published that online, and totally doxed her. So the New York Times is throwing down the gauntlet. Tucker Carlson is picking it up, throwing it back, and his fans are doing what the New York Times was hoping their fans would do to him. It is, it's epically irresponsible on the part of the New York Times. It is, it is really one of the, it's really one of the, the, I mean, the unwritten rules of journalism is that journalism is not supposed to be there to harm anyone. It's supposed to be there to help people, to help its readers, to help the United States of America, to help democracy. But all of these, all of these outlets, CNN, MSNBC, the New York Times, they have, they have just, all they're doing is using their outlets as weapons to fight Donald Trump, conservative voices, and anyone else, Tucker Carlson on down, anyone else who gets in their way. 855-765-1045 is our number. Great question, and thanks for bringing that up, too, because we hadn't talked about that yet. Quick break. More of the Mark K shows on the way. Keep it locked on 104.5 WOKV. He's entertaining, informative, and he puts the talk in Jacksonville's news and talk. This is the Mark K Show on 104.5 WOKV, Jacksonville's news and talk. This is the Mark K Show. My name is Mark K. 855-765-1045 is the number. 855-765-1045. 
Uh, thanks so much for uh, watching today and listening today to everybody who's chimed in. And we've got tons of comments and open mic messages. And, you know, just listen, if there's a couple things, the, the, I want you to remember the one big thing that happened today. And that is that Joe Biden told the biggest lie of his life at the end of his press conference yesterday. I look forward to having your questions at another time, but I'm off to another event. Uh, he does not look forward to any questions. That's why he doesn't ask it. And, you know, D uh, Donald Trump Jr. tweeted something yesterday that's very it's really interesting when you think about it. Yesterday, Kaylee McEnany did a press conference where she answered questions from reporters, any and all questions. Any and all questions that the reporters came up with, she answered. Donald Trump did a press conference yesterday uh, about the coronavirus, answered questions, any and all questions. Mike Pence does press conferences, answers questions. Joe Biden has not answered a reporter question in months. He goes in yesterday. He's got reporters there. They don't, they don't ask any questions. He announces that he's going to raise taxes $2 trillion. That happened, $2 trillion. If anyone says, hey, did Joe Biden say he was going to raise taxes by $2 trillion? He did. And the way we pay for it is by rolling back unproductive tax cuts. Some of the $2 trillion tax cut the president put through. Yeah, all those tax cuts that Donald Trump put, tr put through, which boost our economy and, and before COVID-19 and made us the biggest, strongest superpower once again in the world, that, that was the reason for the lowest unemployment rates in pretty much every demographic and every minority group. All that, you know, the, the Dow Jones just skyrocketing, jobs coming back to the United States, good manufacturing jobs that nobody thought would ever be here again. All that, all that vitality we had in our economy, all the peace and the prosperity that we were experiencing pre-COVID, all of that, thanks to those tax cuts, Joe Biden wants to roll them back. Everybody says, you know, the economy, who do we trust more with the economy once COVID's over? You trust a guy who's going to raise your taxes $2 trillion? Absolutely not. And then he doesn't take questions about it. And then he doesn't take questions about it. You know why? Because he doesn't have answers. 855-765-1045 is our number. 855-765-1045. Mary in Pennsylvania. Hi, Mary. How are you? Okay. How are you? Oh, Thanks really good. My call. Absolutely. Hey, just quick question. Yeah. I was just curious and wondering that if any of these governors and um, mayors were ever asked if they ever went into their zones where all this is happening and, you know, children being shot, massive people being shot over weekends, overnight, 24 hours, if they've ever physically went down there or even spent the night to see what it's really like for their, you know, um, you know, for their citizens and yeah. how, you know, fearful they are and how bad it is. No, I've never seen them walking around down there because they're, they're just as scared as their citizens, but yet they're not doing nothing, nothing to clean it up. And then they're going to whine about when the government or Trump wants to come in and clean it up. Yeah. yeah you I know, mean, one of the things that Donald Trump did uh, back in Baltimore about a year ago, um, Elijah Cummings district in Baltimore uh, before he passed away, Donald Trump got a lot of heat for saying Elijah Cummings has been a representative of this district for 30 years, and it's and it's it's disgusting. It's, it's trash. Uh, it's infested. Remember, they they called him a racist for saying it was infested when he meant it was rat infested, which it is. And right. what happened was they had reporters go in there and walk the streets, and guess what? There was trash everywhere. There were rats running around. There was crime. There was whole, everything Donald Trump described was happening. And Elijah Cummings and all the other Democrats that run Baltimore and Maryland, they either didn't want to admit it or didn't know about it because, like you said, they don't go there. They don't care. They get the votes uh, based on empty promises. They go back to Washington where they get all the power. But it, really, the, what, the best thing that happened to Baltimore was Donald Trump coming out and saying all that because then you know what happened? People started cleaning it up, and they started getting donations, and the governor uh, had to start taking action. And really, Donald Trump pointing out how horrible Baltimore was was one of the reasons why Baltimore started to see kind of a revival in a lot of those neighborhoods. It wasn't because of Elijah Cummings, God rest his soul. You know, and that's what that's part of the big issue. The first person to be honest about the issue and be honest about the problem and point out what's actually wrong is usually the person that inspires people to fix it. Nancy Pelosi, you may remember in San Francisco when coronavirus came first came on the scene back in March, she held a rally in Chinatown in San Francisco and urged her constituents to get up and go down to Chinatown and eat in the restaurants and shop in the shops. She was urging her constituents to get up, leave their homes, come to Chinatown, 
eat in the restaurants, shop in the shops, hang out. She had a big push. She got all these people together, reporters and politicians and the mayor, and they all hung out in Chinatown. And like five days later, there was a mandatory stay-at-home order placed on those same businesses and districts. She was so out of touch, she didn't have a clue. And what she was telling people to do at the time was exactly what the doctors wanted people not to do. You point out the problem and people take notice. And that's why Donald Trump has been so effective uh, up until this point. Hey, thanks so much for calling. We really appreciate it. Tom in Ocala, how are you, Tom? Doing well, yourself? Oh, doing great, man. What'd you want to say today, Tom? I just thought it was kind of funny. These Democrats are like children. I mean, you got Hillary Clinton saying, well, he's going to say we're, we did all this to win the election. And that, that's kind of what children do when they do something wrong. They go in and run and tell their parents, well, he's going to say I did this and I really didn't do it. It yeah. just kind of seems like they're setting themselves up. Yeah, Donald Trump's going to tout his accomplishments, which is something that the Democrats are afraid of. Look, it's going to come down to a debate. And you're going to have Donald Trump getting up there and saying, here are all the amazing things I've did, I've done. Here's why America is greater today than it was before I was elected. And then you're going to have Joe Biden get up there and say what? Something that's totally incomprehensible? Despite a litany of public appeals from many people, including me back in January, not to let American lives and the U.S. economy on the world hang on. His confidence, quote, the Chinese word. Yeah, not let American lives in the economy, quote, hang on his Chinese word. What this is, this is the choice you have. How can there even be a choice? That's why, despite Hillary Clinton and Nancy Pelosi and Joe Biden and the media and everybody else's attempts to tear down Donald Trump, that is why this impeached president in the midst of racial strife and, a, and an epic pandemic has a 49% job approval rating with Rasmussen as of today. Because the alternative... Hang on. His confidence, quote, the Chinese word. I mean... Eight five eight five five. So listen, we got to get out of here. Traffic, weather, news. Rush Limbaugh coming up. Join us tomorrow. We'll have some. Uh, we'll have some. What the bleep for you? It's the Marque Show. See ya. You've worked hard for what you have: your money, your assets, your four hundred one k, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to three million dollars in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com aware. Terms apply.